today on SCC. The crew discuss how to prepare for sports card shows and how to make the most of the event. Coming up now on SCC, Sports Cards Culture. Welcome to episode 13 of Sports Cards Culture. I'm Chris, here with Josh of Cardboard Chronicles, Christina, Christina's PC, Nick, Stiff Arm Wax. Today we're talking about sports card shows. And first, let's talk about preparing for them. So card shows are cropping up with increasing frequency this spring. Sports card shows typically feature a number of dealers, anywhere from a handful to hundreds, depending on the size of the show. They set up booths that display cards, wax, memorabilia, and or a product or service that they might provide. And the booths are spread out across the room so that attendees can approach and chat with dealers in order to buy things from them. Of course, the biggest show every year is the National. And the 41st National Sports Collectors Convention will be held from July 28th to August 1st here in Chicago, Illinois. Visit their website at nsccshow.com for more information. But before we get to discussing the National, which we will have coverage of in future episodes as well, uh, and is still a little under five months away, there will be dozens of local and regional sports card shows taking place. In fact, one of the biggest regional shows, the Dallas Card Show, takes place this weekend. It is a 600-table show that opens to the public on Friday, March 12th at 2 p.m. and closes Sunday, March 14th at 4 p.m. Please note that there are VIP passes available for purchase on their website. The Dallas Card Show seems to be happening about once every two months, so go to DallasCardShow.com to get more information. Okay. Whether you're planning to go to the National, the Dallas Card Show, or some other show this weekend, let's take a few minutes and discuss how to maximize the experience. First of all, I think it helps to decide what you hope to achieve by going to the show. People go to shows for all types of reasons. Some attend with the intent of scavenging for deals. Some go to socialize and see friends. Some set up as dealers. Some just see it as fun. Others see it as serious business. So let me throw the first question to Christina and then to Josh. Christina, what do you aim to accomplish when you go to a sports card show? Well, I have a few different goals when I'm heading into a show. The first one is to document So I like to take pictures and like get a feel for what's happening all over the room or venue. The second is to speak to as many people as possible, especially dealers. Uh, I love to know all of their basically life story uh, in the hobby, their hobby life story. And then third, I'm always looking for the deal uh, and looking for wax because I, I don't know. You can't go to a shop or a show and not walk out with some wax to enjoy later on. Um, it's a good and principle. Anytime good. you go to a shop or a show, buy something. Yes. Uh, and then just have fun, right? Like, yeah. that's probably actually number one. Like, I'm just looking to enjoy my time. Don't take things too seriously and just enjoy the moment, even if you walk away without anything. Josh, what is your goal when you go to a sports card show? My goal, I usually have to set expectations of when I'm going. I like that you laid that out, that you kind of need to go with goals and and figure out what you want to do. Because I I think if you just go in there blindly, you know, you could end up wasting a lot of your time. So my intention usually is to go there and uh, just talk to people, you know, meet people that I haven't met in person before or, you know, see friends that I've talked to online a lot. Uh, I think that's the the number one thing for me at the shows. It's like the actual physical aspect of it because cards are so 
digital, you know, we're on Instagram, we're on eBay, we are chatting on Facebook Messenger. And so to actually be in person, I think is something you really got to take advantage of and, you know, make those relationships, meet the people, meet the dealers that you've bought cards from, you know, say thanks to those people. Uh, just anything in person, I think is, I just, I try to maximize that as much as, as possible and try to like make sure I see at least everybody, uh, you know, once. Now as a previous attendee of the national, which is a multi-day event, let me ask you some questions about preparation. Obviously, attending a one-day local show requires a, f- a different level of preparation than attending a show that lasts several days and requires traveling. So supposing that you plan to attend the National this year, walk me through some of the arrangements that need to be made, especially in terms of travel and accommodations. First, you're going to want to find the hotel. I think you're going to want to spot out which hotel you want to stay at, and you might want to start thinking about, do I want to be within walking distance? Do I want to be within driving distance? Uber is incredibly convenient. I always Uber everywhere. Do you want to get a rental car possibly if, if you don't like Uber? And then once you have the hotel booked, then you figure out the you know the airlines that's going to get you closest to that hotel, uh, figure out the days that you want to be there, and obviously plan the hotel around the days that you want to stay. And then I guess the next thing is just like making sure you're prepared with the things you'll need at the show. Uh, you know, phone charger, snacks, water, comfy shoes, you basically just assume that you're going to be on your feet with nowhere to buy food for like eight hours straight. Like, <laughs> it's basically like you're going to Disneyland, but there's no food being served at Disneyland. There is food at National, but it's it's hard to like find time to go eat and it's hard to like, you know, break away from groups. You're, you're just always like doing something. You're making a deal. You're talking to people. It's just like you need to have something quick and, and ready to eat. On the on the on the fly and same with like water and shoes and the cell phone charger is huge your phone dies like everyone's phones just start dying like halfway through the show so i have like one of those portable like bricks you know that external chargers <laughs> that's a must because everyone's like sharing those and like sitting by on the floor on, next to outlets and like trying to get power the the cell phone charger is 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 really like a sage piece of wisdom they there. are called external batteries sir external batteries speak to the virtues three. christina will never run out of those she always keeps them charged as well mm-hmm. and then also uh things to Even prepare <laughs> think think about your apparel so for example i'm wearing the newly minted base cards only uh line you should move your oh sorry yeah base cards only uh, Christina is is wearing the Grails only series, and Josh is sporting the quote. And then we have the graphic tee, which Stiff Arm is uh, enjoying in his corner. So if you need a little fashion <laughs> uplift, uh, cardladder.com slash merch. All right, Josh, when should somebody start making these arrangements for the national for example probably now you know five months sounds about right um i know with like covid that may be an issue for some people they might be nervous uh hopefully the you know the vaccines start becoming more common uh, a few months prior to that so that we can start planning out ahead but i usually would say like six months to be honest like making sure you get a good spot for a hotel the hotel the good hotels fill up pretty quick you might think like oh i'll just you know get a hotel whenever but you'd be surprised how quickly they fill up um and but you might you want you might be okay you know still looking something a little bit further because uber is just it's so easy so convenient especially if you're going to be uh rooming with other people or like you know sharing uh, or rooming next to someone you know you guys can share the uber over you, you know it's like 
the costs for Uber is, is so cheap that it's not that big of a deal. Christina, yes. you once planned a visit to the Pacific Northwest that involved visiting parks, dams, and around 20 card shops. And you had a great passenger. 20 at least. What, I think we went over 20. What advice can you give about making travel arrangements? Well, first off, pick your passengers wisely. I've never seen her answer a question more quickly as well. You were just, <laughs> this one is right up her alley. Go on. First off, pick your passengers, partners, and travel companions wisely. <laughs> no one wants a grouch in the car or on the plane when they haven't eaten. Or they haven't slept, and you have to deal with them for eight hours in a car ride. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, it's true. it is true. Um, like when you're planning a trip, don't like I am one of those like Uber planners. Uh, not to be confused with Uber car services, but I am a super planner. Um, I will plan like the minute we leave where we will be stopping what we will be doing what like shops will be hitting what parks we're going to um what hotels and like book hotels beforehand or like at least have the hotel info written down so we could book it uh at like if we're driving um that day but like my biggest advice to you is to not get bogged down in the details and totally go with the flow <laughs> because sometimes like and it's coming from me a super planner and like super organized person sometimes the best moments are the ones on a trip that you weren't planning for spontaneity yes, yes. it makes the trip worthwhile it's about the journey guys not the destination all right so <laughs> coming up next on sports cards culture making the most of your visit to a sports card show. Imagine everything you love about the hobby in the palm of your hand. An entire store at your fingertips. Everything you need to know about cards is within your grasp. Unlock the secrets of the hobby. Plus, so much more. You don't have to imagine anymore. It's here. Card Ladder. Get the app today. Watching SCC Sports Cards Culture. Keep up with the crew and follow them on all the socials. Plus, join Josh and Chris and sometimes special guest Christina every Friday night on Instagram Live. The crossover. Josh, let me ask you this now. Now we're at the show. We're done preparing. We're there. What about bringing cards or cash to an event? Obviously, security of our possessions is an issue. Do you think it's wise to bring cards or cash? And if so, how do you make sure that they're secure and protected? So last time I went to a show, 
national shows like a year and a half ago before COVID, and my collection was worth a lot less than than it is today, which I'm sure is true for a lot of people. So I brought, I used to bring my whole collection. I, I would not do that today. I guess it just depends on like how much you're insured for. If you have collector's insurance, uh, you know what you're willing to to take on, but. I would say like it's probably more comfortable than you might be picturing like there's not like people running around stealing stuff but you obviously want to be very protective of your stuff and um, keep it in front of you if you can uh, I put like a like a small lock on my backpack because I had some cash in there cards or whatever so a lock on your backpack cash is important so like I you know I don't, I don't want to like recommend that you bring you know fifty thousand dollars cash or whatever but it is important uh, because it's it keeps you very nimble and making deals quickly and not having to like worry about does this person take paypal but you can do paypal with some people you know you can paypal friends and family them right in front of them or venmo whatever uh, but most people at the at the shows definitely prefer cash so that one that's like someone would just rather take the deal of cash if they had the option so it keeps you nimble so i would definitely recommend having a little bit of- christina do you bring cards or cash to shows no no well i mean i like i usually like every time i go to a shop or a show i usually like stop at the bank on the way and like pick up some cash but i'm not picking up cash like josh is talking about like it's like i have a thousand dollars to buy a box and you can't even buy a box anymore and sometimes that's the difference one guy has the cash yeah the gal doesn't yeah. <laughs> the deal goes to the cash holder. No, it doesn't. Uh, but like Josh said, you know, there you, uh, you you'll want to be careful and be very cognizant. Right, right. And I would I would also um, recommend if you have cards that you're not looking to get rid of or like trade and like you these are your Grail coffin cards, <laughs> like. I would caution you to think three times, like think thrice before you bring them to a show or a shop because (laughs) Christina, think thrice. Think thrice. All right. Good. Uh, Josh, now suppose that's going to be a new (laughs) t-shirt. Josh, suppose I'm at a show and I see something that I'd like to buy. Do I need to pony up the full sticker price? Can I negotiate? Should I have cash in hand? Is it okay to offer to pay by PayPal? We kind of discussed that. Can I ask someone to hold an item for me? Can you walk me through the process of how to properly buy and or negotiate for a card at a show? Yeah. Anything you said is really is really on the table like you can you can do any of those things and most dealers uh you know are willing to like negotiate with you and uh you know come up with what's best for you and holding the card is, is pretty common common as well like can you hold this while i go sell something or i go finish this other thing and come back some dealers will you know give you the heads up that like hey I, I'm, i'll hold it but i you know if someone comes along i can't promise that i won't sell it for full price so you know you just have to communicate it's all about like communicating with their dealers most of them are fair people like they want to make a deal they want to be happy just as much as you do uh this the prices on the cards at most shows are going to be shocking like they're going to be way higher than market value like 99 percent of the time so don't get like thrown off by the sticker price uh you can still obviously negotiate with most people it's it's hard i mean negotiation is probably like the hardest part of the show honestly because a lot the dealers are they're professional negotiators. This is their job is to like sell cards. So it's, it's not that easy. You gotta, you gotta be firm and you gotta, you know, be willing to walk away and, and yeah, paying cash can definitely help. That can help, you know, bring the price down a little bit, but you just gotta be ready and stick to your price and be firm and and not give in. But 
it's hard because you know you're there and you're in person and you want to make the trip worth it you want to buy something so there's that and then the dealers know that and that's kind of part of it like they know that you know it's harder to walk away in person than it is online so definitely and i would add to that you know, something occurred to me as josh was talking um even if you're talking to a dealer you know this isn't a, a one-way relationship where like they're mcdonald's and you're the customer and you're always right these dealers are oftentimes also collectors, people with social media presences, you know, people who are involved in the hobby just like a collector is, you know, treat people with, with the same respect you'd want to be treated with, put yourself in the shoes of the dealer, dealers will put themselves in the shoes of the collector, you know, uh, treat every transaction as if you're going to do more deals with this person later or more deals with them in the future. And, and I think that's going to lead to good outcomes. Uh, now, Josh, suppose instead of buying, I'd like to offer a dealer an item that I have with me for sale. Like I'd like I'd like to try and sell some cards to a dealer or I'd like to try and trade to a dealer. How do you go about bringing up that topic with a dealer? This one's tough because um, Christina was talking about like if you're nervous about a card and you're maybe like don't want to sell it and it's a grail, you don't want to bring it. That's great advice because if you if you bring out one of those cards, the dealers are very uh I'll say like in shark mode to like get that card from you. Uh, and they're generally not going to pay you. They're generally not going to offer you like full market value. They're going to, they're going to want to make money on that. So uh, they start moving into like dealer mode and wanting to buy from you and they want to trade. So like if you bring that kind of stuff out, that really rare stuff, their eyes are going to light up and they're really going to like go after it. So if you're not ready to sell it, like, and you don't want to deal with that, do not bring it out of your container or your case. And a lot of them will be like, what do you got in the case? Let's take a look, like pull it out. And it's like, no, it's, you know, it's not that kind of stuff. So like you really got to be sure that the stuff you don't want to bring is hidden away. Uh, it, you can sell, obviously, like you can sell stuff real quick if you want. You're just going to basically take like 80% on the dollar for most of it. And most dealers kind of function that way. Uh, but they'll they pay you cash usually and they pay fast and it's convenient. You're right there. Uh, you, you just got to, you got to prepare for kind of the opposite of like the sticker prices that they ask. Like I had a scenario where I went to a high-end dealer and he had a card that I own, and I asked him the price. He said thirty thousand. I literally pulled the same exact card, and same grade, same grading company out of my pocket. And said, "Okay, what would you buy my for? Mine for?" And he says fifteen thousand. Oh, there's a fifteen thousand dollar difference on the exact same card. Look at that. So did you stand there for the rest of the day, and every time someone came and looked at his card, you said, "I'll give it to you for twenty-five? Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> That's a funny story. <laughs> all right. So obviously the show is open all day, but deal making and festivities continue even after the doors to the venue close for the night. After party. So, no, it's not oh. really. Tell me about trade <laughs> nights and other after hour events. Are they worth going to? How do you find out about them? So forth. Yeah. Trade night is, is spectacular. Put put on by Ryan, uh, card collector too. It's just a really great show. It's kind of, it's kind of like the Instagram of in-person dealer, uh, or like an in-person show for Instagram. Cause all the people on Instagram are there. There's a lot of younger people. Um, but there are, you know, there's just everyone, all the, all the people are there. It's not like it's just one type of collector or just Instagram people. It's open to anyone and it's a lot of fun. And Ryan does a great job. He has great giveaways, prizes, drawings, and uh, it's just kind of like a more like relaxed version of the show because the show has this like dealer collector, you know, like back and forth, like one side of the table and the other side of the table. And then the the trade night is kind of just like everyone's on an equal playing field. We're all just like here trading with each other. So it's kind of like a different vibe, a little bit more relaxed and fun. Uh, and then 
I put on a like after hours party uh, for a few like, collectors. Yeah, it was like an after party yeah. at a at a at a sports bar, and we paid for food and drinks, and everyone had a blast. And you know, it was like a kind of like a more personal setting. So like as the night moves on, it gets more separated and people break off into groups and, and do a lot of nighttime fun things and there's like you know people go to casinos or they go to uh restaurants like there's all kinds of stuff i remember invites to that after party were in high demand people were messaging on facebook trying to get into that event <laughs> yes yes uh okay christina you and i have been to a number of trade nights correct are they worth the time and effort to attend um i think it depends uh, it depends what like like where it is and what the what the environment is. So it totally depends if the trade night's worth it. If you've gone to trade night at a shop like every month for the past three months and like it's not been worth your time and you leave at the end of the night and you're like, wow, like I would have had more fun on Instagram. Like don't go to the next one. But luckily I've never had that problem. So the trade nights are totally worth it. So, <laughs> as we wrap up here... Um, Wait, I had a question for Josh. Oh, go ahead. Josh, are there too many things to do after National? Like, mm-hmm. at the end of the night? Yes. And how do you decide? Hard. It's very hard to choose what you want to do. Because, like, people break off into groups and you're like, do I go with this group or that group? So, like... The biggest thing for me, especially when you're talking about the trade night, is like I'm trying to plan who I'm going to be around. Like that's the one thing I can depend on is like the people I know there. And like I want to make sure I'm in the groups that I want to be in with the right people. And then like the cards are kind of an unknown. You don't know what deals are going to be there. But like the people that are going to be there are kind of your known quantity. So I would like try to figure out who, if that makes any sense. Like try to, you don't want to just go there and like hope to find your friends like you you should probably like plan that part of it ahead like say like hey let's do this one night because that's the part that i like to plan is like what are we doing each night i don't want to get to the end of the show and be like what are we doing let's all just figure it out like i need to know this is trade night for the first night the second night is you know dinner night with this group and third night is uh the after party night or whatever excellent all right so last question same question to each of you what is one piece of advice that you would give that we haven't already discussed one piece of advice you would give someone to for for how to enjoy a card show i would say like don't be afraid to like say no to some opportunity like if someone wants to talk to you for 20 minutes or someone wants to show you something like if you, your your time there is very limited and if there's something you want to get done or you're, you're on your way to a table and someone stops you like um, you know in the nicest way possible say like i'm on my way to this table i need to get this done you know can we can we can we do this later or whatever? Or, you know, dealer stops. You just, there's so many distractions, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, there's just infinite distractions. And if you have a plan, like, it usually goes to to crap, like, really fast just because of all the things going on. So be firm in, like, saying no to certain things because you, you have a plan or a list of things you want to get done. And to conclude, Christina. I would say... Don't be nervous about not knowing people every step of the way. Like Josh talked about knowing like like or like planning around who you're going to hang out with. But if you don't have a who to hang out with every minute of the day, like we're all in this hobby together. So don't be afraid to like 
put yourself out there. I know some of us are a little more introverted, but like put many yourself, of us in this. Yeah. <laughs> so put yourself out there a little like take your like extra boost of like encouragement and and bravery that day and just like go out there and what's the worst they can say? Like go away. Use your Instagram on that aspect. Like tell people your Instagram handle because a lot of people will be like, oh, I've seen I've seen your stuff and like, oh, we've chatted. And you just sort of like make those quick connections with people that you didn't think you would just because like you have this like Instagram connection with someone or, or maybe it's Facebook or, you know, whatever. There it is. All right. This has been episode 13 of Sports Cards Culture. Enjoy the card show this weekend in Dallas if you happen to be there. See you guys next week. Thanks for watching. Tell us in the comment section below what the crew should cover next week. And don't forget to subscribe. See you next time in SCC Sports Cards Culture.